Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. I want you to join me as we bring you a series that our pastors preached called Unstuck. Many believers find themselves stuck in a rut, stuck in sin, or stuck with sickness, disease, relationship issues, financial issues, or in a storm of life. You're going to hear from our lead pastor, Pastor Jackie Martin. You're going to hear from my son, Jared, and my daughter, Jasmine, as they share in this series called Unstuck. If you find yourself now stuck in a place where you can't seem to move forward, today's message is for you. At the end of today's broadcast, we're going to let you know how you can get prayer or you can get connected with God so that you too can be unstuck. Come go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. If you sow to please those sinful desires, that nature, you're going to reap destruction. And then it tells us the one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. In other words, what he says, what you sow is what you're going to get. If you sow righteousness, you're going to get some righteousness. If you sow sin, it's coming back a hundredfold, baby. Oh, it's coming back. It's coming back. What it wants to do to us, it wants to enslave us. It wants to make us a slave. So you're going you're to either be a servant to whatever you yield to. Either you're going to yield to sin or you're going to yield to righteousness. You cannot serve two masters. You can't serve both. You can't serve righteousness and sin at the same time. You got to choose whom you're going to serve. You're going to serve God. And you're going to walk in his laws and his commands. Are you going to walk in his will and his way? Are you going to just walk in the flesh and please the flesh and your fleshly desire? Sin want to enslave you. See, when you get in a trap, guess what? You have no control of what's going on. Now you trapped up. You can't even get out yourself. The doors is closed on you. That's what sin does. You can't get out by yourself apart from God. You can't be delivered. You know, I was thinking about this morning, and I'm an, uh, I am really behind physicians. I am behind counselors. I believe that some of us need to go and get some good counsel. But I also understand that you can't counsel out a demon either. And I understand that a lot of the problem just boils back down to sin. And you can't counsel out sin either. Nothing but the blood of Jesus can wash away our sins. Sin separates us. If you are a believer, it will separate you from God. It separates men and women from God. Isaiah knew this. Isaiah was speaking to Israel. And this is what he said in Isaiah chapter 59 verses 2. But in verse 1, he was telling him, he said, God's arms are, are not too weak to save his ears, or are not too deaf to hear your cry. In other words, the people of God, they were crying out to God and God was not answering them. And this is what he said in Isaiah 59 verses 2. He says, but your wrongdoings 
have caused a separation between you and your God. And your sins has hidden his face from you so that he does not hear you. So what he was telling them, that sin separates. It is your sin that has separated you from God. God sees exactly what you need. God heard your outcry. He heard whatever you were crying about. about. But he was saying, what has put the distance between you, Israel, and your God it is your sins that has put distance between us and God and so sometimes that happens before the believers sometimes we wonder why our prayers aren't being answered you need to check yourself while you're still in sin sometimes our wrongdoing the way we treat other people when we say things we are not to be saying, when we're doing things we are not to be doing, yes, God forgives you. He will forgive you and he will do that, but it will cause a separation between you and God. And matter of fact, you can't even hear God when you in sin. It was the sin of the people that separated them from God. God refused to listen to what they had to say. He'll do it to us too. Now God listened to us and he listens to, to hear the heart of a sinner so a sinner can be drawn to him. But there are some times we have so much stuff, so much garbage between us and our relationship with God. And there's a scripture say, who can come into the holy place? Only those those who have clean hands and a pure heart. In other words, you can't come up in here with all of that stuff. Oh, deal with it. Deal with it before you come up in here. In other words, repent before you come up in here. You ain't gonna get in the presence of God with all of that sin. Sin ain't gonna come in his presence. You gotta repent before you come in God's presence. Anytime we let things go against God in his ways, we are allowing sin to separate us from God. Not only are we separated from God, but we are ruled by our sins and we are under the enemy's influence. You are no longer under God's influence. I don't care how you convince yourself. You are no longer under his influence when you continue to yield to the sin trap. This separates us from God. You know, it puts us in a place of eternal damnation. But the only thing that helps us, and I am so glad that Jesus came into the world for sinners. I'm so glad that he looked from heaven and he said, oh man, they all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Let me put a ram in a bush for them. Jesus Christ became a ransom for us so that we could have fellowship with him. We wouldn't be separate from him. Let me give you an example of sin. See, sin is like the dark curtain pulled down over a sunny window when the sun is still there, but the curtain creates a separation from its warmth and the light. And that's what sin does in our life. Only repentance lifts the curtain and restore our fellowship that we once enjoyed with God. So when we have unconfessed sin in our lives as 
as Christians, uh, we are creating a separation between us and God. But the good news is that we can come before him and we can repent and God will restore us. And I have some good news for you this morning. You know, the Bible talks about what will separate us from the love of God. See, God is determined to be in love with you, regardless of what you do and regardless of what you have done. God decided, I ain't going to stop loving them. Yeah, they might be in some sin. I'm going to keep on calling them until they come to myself. And see, this is what the word says. Uh, Paul says this, I am convinced uh, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demon, nor fear of today, nor worries of tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. No powers in the sky above or in the earth below indeed. Nothing in all creation, y'all ought to be shouting, will be able to separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. I'm so glad that God is in love with us that there's still some hope. See, there's still hope. Now, we know that sin will lead to death. It will also lead to death if we don't rectify that thing, if we don't get it right. It's going to lead to death. Romans chapter 6, verses 23 says that the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Now, we often quote this to non-Christians, but Paul was talking to the church. He was talking to Christians, whether it's physical or whether is a spiritual separation from God. What Paul was saying, the payment of sin is going to always be the same. Oh yes, uh, uh, the spiritual death is the paycheck of a person that had some servitude to sin. Oh, you're going to have some spiritual death. You cannot thrive as a believer and maintain a high sin level. You just can't do it. See, because if we're Christians, what's going to happen to us, we'll lose our joy. You'll begin to lose your peace. Because why? You got the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit is going to do its work. Yes, he's going to contend with you. You'll lose your joy. You'll lose your peace. Sin separates us from fellowship for God. We'll lose out on the will of God. We'll lose out on the promises of God. See, the point is that believers can still choose to sin. But when they do, they will collect their rightful wages. Weakness, sickness, disease, death, no purpose. You're going to collect those wages whether you believe it or not. But God tells us, and he made it so plain that the wages of sin is death. But he says, listen, but the gift of God, God has given you a gift in Christ Jesus. And because of what Christ has done for us, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. In other words, we get to be with him forever. We get to be blessed forever. We get to stand in his presence and we get to have the fullness of joy. We get to experience all the benefits that Christ has come to bless us with. So the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Now let me give you a couple of ways because I need you to get unstuck this morning from this sin trap. Let me give you just two. Can I just give you two ways you can just get unstuck? 
Number one, confess your sins. First John chapter one, verses nine says, for we confess our sins, for he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. See, when you confess your sins to God, you are agreeing with God's word, what it has revealed about you. Confession allows forgiveness to take place. It allows for the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit to flow and to flow into your life. It washes you. It cleanses you. Every time we repent, guess what? It washes our hands. It, it purifies hearts. It makes us clean. In other words, it makes us right with God. Puts us back in right standing every time we sin. And then that word says there that he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins. In other words, when you go before the Lord with a confession and you begin to tell the Lord, God, I'm sorry. I did this. Guess what God says? I forgive you. I throw it as far as the east to the west. As a matter of fact, he don't even bring it up anymore. He don't accuse you about it. He don't bring up your life story. He don't go back and pull it out out of a diary or a book. But God says, hey, it's done. It's finished. I washed it away. So God cleanse us. It makes us right with God. This is what David said when David failed in his sin. He says, I acknowledge my sin to you. I did not cover up my iniquities. And I said, I confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave me of the guilt of my sin. So even the man after God's own heart, when he sinned before God, he was tempted to cover it up. But after he came to his senses, he realized he says, you know what? I better tell God all the stuff that I've done. He already know what you've done even before you tell him. But he needs you to confess it. He needs you to release it. Confess that you are a sinner. That you're away from God. Confess all of your iniquities. Everything that you have done wrong. Confess your transgressions before the Lord. And God will forgive you of all of your sins. Proverbs chapter 28 verses 13 says... Whosoever conceal their sin does not prosper. But the one who confess and renounce them finds a mercy. So you're not going to prosper if you think you're going to conceal it and walk around here and not tell God. And matter of fact, the Bible tells us to confess our faults to one another. Oh, that was the Holy Spirit right there. He tells us to confess it to God. And then there's sometimes we need to go and confess it to one another. And the reason you need to confess it to somebody else so you can have some accountability. So somebody can come alongside of you and say, well, wait a minute, how are you doing with that? Have you overcome it? Oh, how is it going? Do I need to still pray? So that, that's what it does. But the Bible tells us that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So God did not come to condemn you. He came to set you free. So he wants, all he wants us to do is confess. In other words, just give it up to God. Give it up. Tell God, this is what's going on in my life. Give it up. Tell him all your little dirty secrets. Confess them to the Lord. Here is the second one. It says to submit to God and resist 
The devil, James, says this in James chapter 4, verses 7. It says, submit yourself then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, when I look at that passage, it tells us to do two different things. First, it tells us to submit to God. Then it tells us to resist the devil. So every day, you have to humble yourself before the Lord. You can't be too high that you can't humble yourself. You got to humble yourself. So you got to submit yourself to God. And now when you begin to submit to him, you got to also draw near to God. Submission to God is to recognize your weakness, to stop fighting against him and to surrender to him as under his ultimate and final authority, under God's authority and God's control. In other words, what I'm doing when I submit to God, I say, God, you are the higher authority. You are in control of all things. You're in control of my life. Whatever you say, go. It don't even even matter about what I think and what I feel and what I desire. But I'm going to submit to your authority. See, because if you had the power to transform your own life, you wouldn't even need a greater grace. And we can tell. See, because what Paul says, I keep on doing the things that I I don't want to do, but I find myself doing them anyhow. So you still need God. Now, to draw near to him means to come into his presence. You got to draw, you got to come to him. Come to God. And how do you do that? You come to God in prayer. You come to God in worship. You come to God in obedience. You come to him. You communicate with him. And then secondly, it tells us that we are to resist the devil. See, I don't want you to underestimate Satan's trap has for you. He has a sin trap just with your name on it. He's stronger than you. He's smarter than you. He's been practicing his crafts for millenniums. Uh, Oh, yes. Uh, And the only way you are going to resist is when the devil begins to whisper in your consciousness, you're going to have to proclaim the truth of God's word. Oh, and then that's the only way he's going to flee. In other words, you got to get some word on the inside of you. You want the enemy to flee? You got to get the word. Jesus even knew that. He said, man shall not live by bread alone. When the enemy was attacking him, he gave him the word. And you can't trip, you can't take the word and twist it to make it what you think you wanted to say. You got to live, you literally use the logos, the written word of God. What does God say? Don't even add, take away, don't add to it. Use God's word in your life. See, this is what I don't want you to forget. Every time the enemy try to put you in a trap, when he entice you, when he puts things in front of your face, when they look good, I want you to not forget what God has done for you. God made him who was no sin to become sin for us, that in him we may become righteous. Oh, he made himself sin. 
sin for you and I. So next time when sin comes and whisper in your ear, I want you to stop and think about what is it that Christ has done for me. I want you to think about what God, how God has set you free. I want you to take note from what Peter has told us. Peter's given us some warnings and he's given us some instructions in first Peter chapter 2 verses 11. He says, dear friend, I urge you as foreigners in exile to abstain from sinful desires, which wages war against your soul. He says, listen, uh, say no. Flee if you have to. Run if you need to. But whatever you do, sustain. And then remember what the price that Christ has paid for us. And it goes down a little bit later in that passage in the 23rd and the 24th verse. And it says, when they hurtled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Think about it. Think about it when sin comes. Instead, he entrusted himself to who judge justly. In other words, to the just judge. That is who he entrusted himself to. And the Bible says that he bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we may die to sin and live to righteousness. Just remember what God has done for you. God came so that you can be victorious over sin, so that you can walk in freedom. You don't have to be trapped. You don't have to be trapped by sin. You don't have to give in to sin. He has come so that you can be an overcomer and that you can be set free from anything the enemy will throw at you, even your own desires. He came to set us free. That's good news. This is Freedom Sunday. God came to set us free. We're going to be unstuck from the traps of the enemy. We're going to get unstuck from those sin traps today. I, I, I was thinking about a trap that we put down in our garage one time. Somebody gave us these little sheets and these sheets were sticky. And they say, put them down in your garage. And when you put them down in your garage, it's going to catch everything before it comes into the house. So Pastor Jerry went out and he put them down at the entrance of the garage. We came back later and we saw a, a few little bugs. Then we came back later, then there was a lizard. Then we came back later, then there was something that looked like a snake was stuck. But see, Christ came to unstick you through some stuff. <laughs> All of that stuff that's been causing, that's been sticking to you, that you ain't been able to let go. Christ came to unstick you. He came to set you free. See, he broke the yokes of bondage of sin off of our life. And the Bible says, whom the Son set free is free indeed. Stop going back to the enticements of the world. Stop going back to your sinful desires and let God set you free. Let him set you free from every chain, every yoke of bondage, every addiction, every care, whatever you've been putting your hands to that is not like God. God has come to set you free. 
There's an old hymn that says, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me, now save am I. You talk about being stuck in sin. That's what we all are until we receive the redemption of the blood of Jesus Christ. This is Jerry G. Martin. Thank you again for listening to The Light of the World. You've heard one of our pastors giving you the word of God about getting unstuck no matter where you are. There are some of you who may be listening to us right now who feel like you can't move forward. You know the Lord Jesus Christ, but you found yourself in a place and in a space where you can't seem to break free. I want you to know there's freedom for you. You can call us right now on our prayer line number, 281-964-1393. We will pray for you and we will stand with you. We'll give your name to our intercessory team and we'll believe God will do something fresh and great in your life right now. If you would like to listen to today's message again in its entirety, you can get it on our podcast, The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can listen to previous messages that you've heard on this station as well. Then join us for worship in person on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock at 16161 Old Humble Road. Or join us online at lowcf.org. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.